Eagle Slam. Okay. Yeah, that was quite quick. That was quicker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trying to get with the time in here, you know. Um, so, um, yeah, we're, we're back for uh, when we didn't do any of the talking ones. It's been a bit of a stressful, um, difficult time lately, especially for me. And busy with the run up to Christmas, we just didn't get time. So yeah, this is us reviewing TLC, and this is our last podcast of the year. Yes, I mean, again, we've always said we would do the other ones if we had the questions. But uh, yeah, it's been weird times. With here's a tier, here's a new tier. Yeah, no, you still these restrictions and personal shit and the Christmas rush. So yeah, final pay per view of the year, TLC. And uh, for what it was, I was entertained by it. Yeah, I mean, there are there is a few sticking points which we'll get to, but I, I think overall it was one of the one of the better ones of the year, I would yeah, say. Yeah. Um, so I mean, usual guys like subscribe, SoundCloud, Stitcher, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, we're all over the place. Um, Angle Slam Pod, and you'll find us. Um, and I don't is is there deaths? Um, I, I think there, there was, was one, wasn't there? A few, but. People I don't really know, but the major one was Pat Patterson. Yes, Pat Patterson, yes, I knew there was one. Yeah, first first since got no champion. Uh, to me, he's just one of the Stooges. That's how I, I was introduced to him. But uh, what I always forget, and I'm glad I always forget, he was the first openly gay wrestler. And I love the fact that I forget it because it means it, it didn't define him. Yeah, and, and I, I like that because it's like it shouldn't be an important thing or a sticking point. It should be just like it shouldn't even be a topic. Like just as no. much as you and me being straight shouldn't be a topic. Yeah, exactly. He was just like, I'm gay. That's that. No one really referenced it because that's his personal thing. And it, it didn't affect his career or the way people looked at him or anything. And I love that. And I also love the fact that being the first openly gay wrestler means he probably revealed it in a day and age where it was kind of looked down upon. Yeah. So he had the balls to do it. So, yeah, I respect that. And he was, uh, he was an old boy, so it wasn't, you know, fortunately it's nothing like COVID related or anything like that. But it was just his time. And, yeah, yeah we'll dedicate this to him. Yes. So let's crack on with TLC 2020 and pre-show... I heard it was some kind of eight-tag thing, but I, I didn't watch it. I, I didn't watch it either. I tried to, but I thought, fuck this, I'm going to bed, I'll watch it in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was something like Corbin, Zane, and uh, I don't know. All I know is that Big E got the, the pin over Zane. Yeah, because I think they're building towards Zane versus Big E, so yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I already know. They've revealed for SmackDown this Friday, it'll be Zane, Big E for the Intercontinental Championship. Uh, and the cage match for the Universe Championship, which we'll, we'll get to later on with the TLC uh, title match. But uh, yeah, first match was the WWE Championship. Yeah, I was, surpri- I was surprised that this was first, to be honest. Yeah, I, I didn't know how to feel about it. I, I straight away kind of went, okay, once again, the WWE Championship's being shafted here. Yeah. Uh, of not being... Uh, looked on as a higher regard as the Universal. Because I just thought, if Roman Reigns had the WWE title, that would be the last match. So they're kind of diminishing the belt as well as diminishing Drew a little bit. Uh, uh, so, But on the other side, it's like, where else would you put it on the card? Yeah, it's true. It was, it was, it was a weird card. Um, I, I did think at one point maybe you could have had the Women's Championship first, but... But then I understood it. I thought, okay, you're going to have a TLC match first, have a break, and then the TLC because you don't want too many TLC matches. Yeah, that's yourself. yeah, that's true. Because you'd be too. Yeah, you do need a break. Um, I, I mean, yeah. as for the match itself, um, it was good, um, but it was slow to start with. Like everything happened in the last like five or six minutes. I I get that the main part of the slow build was. AJ working over Drew's leg and all that kind of stuff. So obviously it makes it more legitimate for uh, AJ to yeah. get more offense in. And obviously it makes you believe, or well, maybe AJ will do it kind of thing. So I, I get that. Yeah. It just, I felt like it went on a little bit too long because I was getting to a point where I was sitting there going, come on guys, pick it up now, pick it up. And then it just picked up 
um, AJ and Drew were doing quite well and everything back and forth. Um, and then the, the shock thing with Miz, I was just... I, I that was so far from my mind. I did, I thought he'd get involved. I thought him and like um, uh, what's his face would get involved. Oh, no. Yeah, I, I thought they'd get invert involved, but I didn't think that he'd cash in. I thought they'd just co- cost him the match, maybe, or try to cost him the match. But the fact that Miz actually cashed in and and lost as well uh, was quite yeah. surprising. But the the rest of the match was fine. Uh, the Omos guy getting involved and putting Miz through a table. Um, there was plenty of spots in the last few minutes, um, and then Drew kind of valiantly dragging himself up on one leg to get his title at the end. And he ends 2020 on a high note, which I think is good because even though it's been the the pandemic era, he's he's been the guy at the top of the pile for the majority of the year. So I, you know, I like I like the fact that he's retained. So yeah, I never really saw it as a, a slow start. To be honest, I just thought of like this is this is how the match is going. This you know how not how most but how uh, TLC matches should go. Of like okay, of course they're going to try and weaken each other physically first with just fists and kicks. Then they'll get to the toys with tables and chairs and stuff. Because for I think the most part for the first five ten minutes, Drew dominated AJ, absolutely destroyed him. And then like I say, AJ came back with the leg. Uh, and yeah, there was here spots, uh, spots here and there. Um, to be honest, now looking, thinking back at it, I can't remember many specific spots. No, it um, was kind of these kind of your standard kind of spots, the stuff you kind of expect. Yeah. There was nothing um, inventive new. or new or anything like that. It yeah. was just it was all good. You know, it was TLC, yeah, but it's, it's no, it, it's it, just it, there just wasn't anything fresh. That's all. Yeah, it was just like okay, this is your bog standard TLC match. But I'm enjoying that it's this box on a TLC match because this is what I come to expect and enjoy. So, yeah, um, things that I like uh, getting wild where they're going through tables and stuff. Like, say, Miz turned up, which I will admit, I was like, oh, okay. I, I, part of me was thinking, I shouldn't be surprised, really, because I kind of interwoven him into this storyline. Yeah, of, like, this thing, I wasn't, this yeah, I wasn't surprised that he was there. I was just surprised he cashed in. Yeah, but because I did think at some points, like, why why is AJ's bodyguard just not, not doing anything? I know it's meant to be a match between AJ and Drew, but their heels, it's an ODQ format. He can get involved at any point. So when Miz starts doing the cocky climb and you just see this big guy into the ring, oh, okay. And so as soon as he's put through the table, I thought, ah, oh, well, shit, Miz ain't winning it. But the chair shot Morrison game. Yeah, and he didn't even react. He didn't even budge. Yeah. And I was just like, this guy gets it. And then and then he just slowly and methodically chased him up the ramp. Like like yeah. he was just he ba- he barely got any speed, he just very slowly and henchly, just like intimidatingly so, walking up the ramp and scaring off Morrison. Yeah, well I know Morrison did the swing and obviously the chair was more than likely doctored to disintegrate like that, but he put himself over by literally not budging an inch to the point where it, it made it question like, did he even feel it? Yeah, it's a good visual. He's already, yeah, he's already got beginning to get himself over like, this guy's going to be a beast when he gets in the ring and just like, who's going to take him down if a chair shot can't even do it? So, Brock Lesnar. Uh, Brock Lesnar or Goldberg is going to be one of them, isn't it? Yeah. But yeah, the fact that happened when obviously it took Morrison and this Osmo guy out of the picture, and then all of them took a while to like get their bearings to the point I was thinking, Miz could still actually do this. Yeah, because there's quite a few times that they were going back and forth on the ladders. Like one person was going up and the next person was going up and back and forth a few times. It's like, it generally is anybody's game at this point. <laughs> when Drew and AJ were fighting the top of the ladder and Miz set up the other one, I thought if he just climbs to the top, and boots the ladder over, that's it, he's won the title. And I wasn't against it, um, in my, because as I was beginning to almost feel that excitement of, this is anyone's game here, this is awesome, I thought, it'd be great to see a new champion, uh, but I still wouldn't be exactly against Drew holding the belt. Because, and, uh, and like we said, he, he did, he won the match, he's still WWE champion. And I'm okay with that because he's kind of the perfect figurehead in the pandemic era to lead the pack. 
Yeah. So to speak. He's that not glimmer of hope, so to speak, because he's not going to like lead us to a cure. Or he, like he's that. a constant. But yeah, he's there like, okay, I'll be the knight in shining armor that you need in this difficult time right now. And it's working, so why wouldn't you? Uh, why would you like you know, take that away? Yeah. Um, because uh, what's weird about it, I know he had the brief stint where he dropped the belts around the Orton for a couple of weeks. Um, but he's held the belt since WrestleMania, and I haven't been exactly bored with his reign. So no, far. neither have I. Because I was no, like, well, Kofi in that, like, Kofi was good, and then right near the end. I was kind of like, mm, I'm starting to get a bit bored of this. But yeah, like Drew's been consistent. Even with yeah. Randy Orton, where you think, oh, as soon as he takes on Randy Orton, it's going to be Blandy Orton and it's going to get boring. But it didn't. Yeah. No, he's doing very well. So why fix something that isn't broken at the minute? Yeah. So, yeah, the match was great. I, I thought it was a, a very solid match. Uh, Drew's still champ. Uh, next match was the SmackDown Women's Championship. Yeah, this, I, I, I'll be honest, this was... A really good, solid match, and it was, Thank and it you. was, and it was hot from start to finish. There was no yeah. real break, and it also, I think, what it did, it was good to kind of show Sasha uh, retaining, which is good because I think they need to build that and have her retain for a while. And it also did wonders for Carmella. At the end of this, I went, she has got much, much better. She really, really did well. And honestly, I think the girl that no one, no one looked bad coming out of this at all. Even though the fact that Carmella unfortunately tapped out on her first pay per view match since she's been back, I still am invested in the new character that she's got with the new music, the new style that she's got, the new attitude. I, I don't think it really affects her that bad. And I honestly think these girls did a hell of a match of just going back and forth and just absolutely doing a not a wrestling clinic, but it's certainly up there. Yeah, I mean, to me, if not uh, Carmella's best match, it's one of her be- best matches to date. Um, because I've always been on kind of the fence about Carmella. I don't know if it was the character she had when she was with uh, Enzo and Cass that I just couldn't relate to it. Even the Ellsworth stuff, it was like, you're okay, but I just didn't see her as a high-caliber uh, superstar in the women's division. Yeah. It means this character, whether it's her or not, it's working, and she's you know rolling and um, um, is it rolling on all cylinders? Or firing, firing on all, all cylinders. cylinders. <laughs> that one. Yeah, yeah. firing on all cylinders with this character. She's embraced it, and it it worked for the story uh, of the match. The match was well structured, even with the uh, I, I don't know Carmella's little bitch's name. Uh, the, the oh yeah, the, the dude, involved. the dude that's wear, not wearing any socks. Yeah, that that dude. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, he he worked his part fine. Um, yeah, it just literally did feel like a not a, a, a fight, but this is a, a full on battle uh, that is personal. But at the end of the day, you did feel this is all about the championship right now. Yeah, it so felt like a championship match. It didn't feel like a random yeah. SmackDown match. It felt like a title match. So Shashu was there to prove a point. Carmella was there to prove a point of like, I'm back. So it was kind of like this battle of wills over this women's championship. Great storytelling. Yeah. Um, One thing I want to focus more on was uh, I think to date, Sasha, well, not now because Sasha won, but at that point, I don't think Sasha had done a successful title defense at a pay per view. And then they also mentioned the SmackDown Women's Championship was never successfully successfully defended at TLC. I thought, now, if you put a bit more uh, references to that, would it added an extra bit of flavour to the story? Yeah. But as, as I thought that during the match going on, I thought, I wouldn't be against Carmella winning this. It'd be the shock factor. No. It keeps Sam's losing streak alive. And it keeps the TLC uh, curse alive, and you can make a story future down the line with it. Yeah, well, I mean, I wouldn't have been against Carmella win. I, I, I wouldn't have been against because of how well she's been doing with this new character. So it, she feels more legitimate than she has in the past. So yeah, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have been against it. Um, I, the only thing I would have said about them pushing home about this defense stuff with TLC and all that kind of stuff. The only thing I would have thought was, well, if they're pushing that constantly and ramming it down your throat, like they tend to do when they've picked a story and Cole constantly rams it down your throat, 
it's just going to get you going, well, Sasha's going to retain then. And I felt like maybe the buzz might have been taken out. Because, unfortunately, if they'd have mentioned it once or something like that, then that would be fine. But you know what WWE are like. Once they pick something, they hammer it down your throat to make you aware of it. So when they do that, you know, well, I know the outcome then. I do, uh, yeah, well, unless they had gone with the, like, say, they mentioned it and Sasha had lost, it would have been like, she, this girl can't take a break. It gives that sympathy blow to the character and another, almost the reverse streak of The Undertaker. Mm. Undertaker's obviously, he always wins at WrestleMania. This could be, yes, Sasha can win the belt, but when it gets to the big matches when she is champ, she can't do it. To the point that if she ever won it back and it got to like WrestleMania, you could build the story of that, of like, is Sasha finally going to have her first defense at Mania or is she going to choke again? Yeah, it was something that I just thought, ah, that could be a good idea. But obviously, they destroyed both streaks with that thing, which isn't the end of the world. No, no. I'm all right with Sasha still being champion. But I just thought it might have been a wasted opportunity for a story. Yeah. But so be it. They, they want to go a different direction. Um, next was the Raw Tag Team Championship. Yes. Um, now, this match was, it was good. It wasn't amazing, but it was yeah. good and it was solid and it was serviceable because it's New Day and I think that the Shelton Benjamin and um, Cedric. Cedric have been underused and I think since they've been put in the Hurt Business along with Bobby Lashley, they've been working wonders and I am absolutely loving the Hurt Business. And yeah. they made the right call by putting them on the Hurt Business. I, I love how they've been building over the weeks of Cedric being this kind of plucky underdog within the group, going, I can do what these guys can do and all that kind of stuff. And that played into the finish here where he tagged himself in, hit the Lombard check to get the pin. So you got, I, I just love how this match kind of played itself. It was a good story match of will they do it kind of thing. And it was definitely the right call. I think putting all the gold in this stable makes them more legitimate. And it's something that every single person in that stable deserves. And I'm looking forward to going forward, seeing what they're going to do with this stable. I I, I think no one looks bad coming out of this, even the New Day losing. Because at the end of the day, it's the New Day. They've won those titles a million times. It doesn't matter if they lose to someone that deserves They've put these guys over and they've, they've done the honours for them so that it can move forward with this faction as a decent story. And yeah, I, I honestly have no grumbles with, with this match. It did what it needed to do and it's putting the Hurt Business over. Yeah, pretty much exactly the same opinion. So it wasn't exactly a match of the year candidate or like jaw-dropping, but I have not one negative to say about the match at all. I just thought after the match, it just proved, all four men just proved we are amazing athletes in this ring. We can get the job done. We can tell a story. We can you know, get over our characters. We can put on a wrestling match. And a, a worthy wrestling match, worthy of, of, of championship yeah. defence. Uh, what I also loved was MVP did everything right. Of just he felt like an important cog in their system. As yeah, like he's, he's constantly, like yeah, he's constantly directing traffic. Like every single time that one of the new days down, he's straight on one of his guys going, "Get him, do this, do that." And it's just, it's a good way to basically show that he's kind of that managerial kind of position where if he's pushing them that way, this is the reason the stable is so good. It's because MVP can direct traffic in the way that he does. But it's also been, it's very, been very different because they, they've, I don't know if you noticed it, they've clearly started planting seeds for potential future storyline. So at the start, Cedric was getting his ass whipped, like just from the get-go. And MVP was yelling, tag out, tag out. Eventually he did, and Shelton kind of took over. Was getting his butt kicked a bit, but holding his own. And he went to the outside, and MVP just handed him a bottle of water and said, you know, compose yourself. So it's like, okay, he's being that different manager. He's not being that manager of yelling at him, like, what are you doing? Like the football coach that's just yeah. like, the big shit out of that. He's just like, compose yourself, think about it, take a breather, go back in. Yeah, he's, he's kind of he's kind of like a boxing ref. Like when they take a break yeah. and everything in the corner, he's basically doing that. But he's treating Cedric slightly different to the other guys because the other guys are veterans and Cedric is being pushed as the underdog in the group. Where it's just like you're the plucky little guy that wants to prove himself, but he's going, yes. "Hang on, kid, don't get ahead of yourself. Let's do this as a team, and we can stay on top for a while." Well, I noticed that even with the entrance, because uh, and with uh, interviews he's had, he's obviously with Lashley. It's like 
You're the United States champion because you remembered who you are. You're the dominant Bobby Lashley. Sean Benjamin, you're the gold standard. And he came back out with the gold standard T-shirt again. Remember that. You're the gold standard. And like I say, with Cedric, it's like, you're the new guy. You, you, you can't remember who you are at the minute because you haven't reached that pinnacle. Yeah. We're here to help you reach that pinnacle. So when it got to the end of the match and Shelton was like uh, measuring up Kofi, Cedric gets that blind tag in, hits his finisher, which I love his finisher. I love the lumbar check. It just, it looks brutal. Yeah. And wins the match. Literally only 1% of Shelton was kind of like, he was he was happy at the end of the day because they won the titles, but he was still that kind of like, I have that. I have that. <laughs> yeah. So they're already beginning to plant the seeds of, is Cedric beginning to like, eventually going to step on the toes of Shelton and maybe Lashley of like, now nah, you're the, the past, I'm the future, get out of my See, way. See, a lot, a lot of this, I'm liking it as long as they play the long game with it. They don't rush yeah. too quickly to it. If they do this right, this can be a new kind of era version of evolution where Randy was the plucky underdogs, the same with Cedric in this group, and they can push it forward that way where you think he's finally accepted and then it's thumbs down and beat the shit into him. Like, you can do that again because it's been a very long time since evolution, so there's no reason why they can't do that. And I think it's a good, solid storyline to do, and these guys can do that. Yeah, I mean, I know it's kind of obvious for... Cedric to maybe go into Lashley. If you if you want to do a similar kind of Batista Triple H thing of Lashley's the powerhouse that suddenly breaks free of her business and just wipes them out, you could do that. But there's such great athletes, and I'm you know I'm I'm praising Lashley here because there's been a lot of podcasts in the past where we shit all over him. But a lot of but it's, it's not because it's not because of him. Oh. Yeah, it's not because of him. It's because of the way mm-hmm. he's been presented. He got he came yeah. back his baby face saying I love my sisters and like oh god. And then he was yeah. in love with Lana. I was like oh god. And then as soon yeah. as he joined in with MVP, I was like this is what we wanted. Wait, well, we even said um, I think during his match with Drew McIntyre for the championship, he was all business. Yeah, and that's what needs to be just aggression. To the point when he did begin to get cocky and stuff, you heard MVP going, don't let up, keep up. He was being the right kind of manager. So, yeah, they, they've already started a lot of potential ideas and, and things that can happen in the future. And yeah. as I saw that image of all of them standing there with the gold, I thought, they've got all the gold but one. Is MVP going to challenge Drew? Now... Would MVP Drew be like a match of the year candidate? I doubt it. But it would make sense for the story to go, you guys are tag champs, Lashley's US champ, we need one more belt. That's the belt that's always eluded me my entire career. I want a shot. Again, they might shock me and have an amazing match. I don't, just don't think they will. But mm. it, it, it would make sense for the story. Yeah. yeah. Even if it can put something on Raw, maybe. I don't know. But yeah, so new Raw Tag Champions, the Hurt Business, I'm, I'm happy about that. Yeah. Um, I think the following, oh yes, the Women's Tag Team Championship. Yeah. Um, um, it was blatantly hmm. obvious who was going to be helping Asker I, out. I really didn't know. Oh, mate. I, um, it it didn't hit, even come into my head, and I don't know why. Because I knew with Asuka holding the title for as long as she has on Raw and everything, I was just like, well, she's obviously holding this until Charlotte comes back. Yeah. And then Lana gets taken out. So we don't even get the fucking the end of the story with this whole Lana thing. It's been going on for months. And they just, yeah. they just pull that away from us, which why waste our time? You know what I mean? Which is annoying. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, it was like, oh, well, someone's got to replace her. I was just like, well... I think I know who it's going to be. It's the final pay-per-view of the year. They want to go out with a bang. And they treat they treat Charlotte like she's Roman Reigns. Um, don't get me wrong. She's good. And I've always said she's amazing. She's a powerhouse. She's a good character, a great wrestler. There's nothing wrong with her. It's just it, more and more they're kind of pushing her down my throat. And as soon as she arrived, I kind of went, uh, that was obvious. And she was all baby-faced. And it was all fine. But the match was fine. It's just... It was all work, it was all based around Charlotte. 
Like it wasn't based yeah. around the fact that she's teaming with Asuka and can they dethrone these guys that are meant to be these dominant tag title holders and they just really haven't been, to be honest. It's a shame because Nia and Shayna, if you think of those two and those two mm. holding gold together, you think no fucker can, should be able to take them out. Nobody. And the yeah. fact that they've not presented them that way is unfortunate. And it was the same in this match. They just they based it all around Charlotte getting hot tags and getting the offense. And then just to finish it off with her um beating oh, the natural selection. Yeah, beating her with a natural selection. So Shane is taking eating another pin. Um so I'm I mean I'm surprised that they won the titles. But yeah. I think it's a means to an end. I think it's a case they're going to hold them. They're going to bicker and argue and break up. Charlotte's going to turn here when she's going to go for the Raw title. I mean, it's. I think it's a foregone conclusion. Nothing else of the match really stands out to me. It was just kind of meh and unfortunately just too much of a focus on Charlotte. The thing is, again, I didn't really see it coming. But in my defence, I didn't really put much thought into it. Because it was just one of those matches that was kind of just there. Yeah. Um, a lot of people's grumble was with the whole, well, what's the point of this whole Lana thing? Like yeah. You say, because, like, she's been improving. And I did think at one point, maybe the story can be Asuka's going in almost like in a handicap match, and Lana could hobble out and then do something with that or whatever. Because, like, Lana even pinned Nia. So just like they've even planted the seed that she can pin her. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you? Yeah. That whole thing on Raw was weird. As soon as I heard Lana was out, I was just like, what, "What's going on? Is this still them trying to give a fuck you to Miro or Rusev?" Yeah. Or but yeah. So I will admit, when Charlotte turned up, I was like, "Okay." Like you say, interesting because uh, she's not a bad athlete whatsoever, and she's star so, power. Yeah. So it automatically became. Okay, there's now four badass women in this match. This could be good. And yes, it 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 probably was the weakest match on the card that night, but it still wasn't a bad match. I thought the match was good. It was terrible. Well. I mean, yeah, it wasn't like I was going, Oh god, this is awful, because it wasn't. But no. I just like I say it was too much of a focus on Charlotte and it was all based around her. And I just yeah, that, that's kind of what the whole thing was about. I mean, when uh, I watched the broken school sessions with Drew uh, earlier today, and he admits that mainly thirty five when he won against Roman, the whole thing was about Roman's return, and he understood that. That's the whole point of that match, and that's what this match kind of was about. But I agree with your point of view because like surely this should be about the women's tag championships more than anything else. Yeah. So, the biggest grumble I have with it isn't the fact that it was Charlotte, and not the fact that, I suppose it is, it's slightly the fact that Charlotte just comes back in and wins, but I just don't think Asuka, it doesn't matter who Asuka's partner was, I think Nia and Shayna still should have walked out as yeah. the tag champion. because it just, I wanted them to be, as soon as they became the, t- the title holders, I was like, well, I want these guys to be unstoppable. You've got Nia yeah. Jax, the biggest girl there, absolutely bulldozing away through most uh, wrestlers. And then you've got Shayna Baszler, the MMA got, girl that held that NXT title for ages and is just an absolute powerhouse of brutality. As soon as they yeah. got the titles, I was like, well, no one should be able to stop them. They should be holding this gold for a year minimum. And the fact that they've just thrown that away, one for the Lana stuff and everything, where they haven't really presented them as these big people, and then two, just to have Charlotte pop back up and take it off them. It's The thing you could have done, you could have had Asuka and Charlotte lose to that, and the commentators can sell the whole shock factor of like, oh my god, Charlotte, the queen, she's back, she's 100%, she's still lost. With that bit, you could start a kind of still respectful at the start, but beginning to crumble blame game between Asuka and Charlotte. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, we tried, but yeah, we failed it. Kind of on you. You go, oh, well, what do you mean kind of on me? Blah, 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 yeah, the way it goes. Yeah, go the way that we think it's going to. Yeah. That can build up to their match. With Nia and Charlotte, you could have... Uh, not sorry, Nia and Shayna. You can have them. They win. They, they go away. Lana's still on the shelf for a while. There, uh, no title defence at the Rumble, because they're both going to be in the Rumble. Have uh, 
the Elimination Chamber, the women who are in there, including Lana, and out of maybe not Lana defeating them, but due to some Lana tactics, Nia and Shayna get eliminated from the Chamber. They're livid. It gets to Mania, Lana and whoever her partner is, maybe even a callback of a legend for a while, Beth Phoenix or someone like that. Go Lana and, for this example, Beth Phoenix, go against Shayna and Nia at WrestleMania. And that's when you get the feel-good moment of maybe not my strength or, or uh, you know, being bigger or badder than Nia and Shayna, but by perseverance and intelligence and agility, Lana gets the upper hand at WrestleMania, gets a WrestleMania moment, beats them for the Women's Tag Team Championship. That would have been a better story told instead of just, oh, Charlotte's back, Lana's on the shelf. Uh, look, they got what they deserve because the Queen's back. Yeah, it's basically not like, the, 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 when, yeah, whenever Charlotte's around, it's like they can't not have her being a title picture of sorts. They, she has yeah. to be in a title picture all the time. It's just like, I'm getting sick of her always being in a title picture. You don't have to do that. You really don't. Every Almost every decision they've made for Charlotte this year has been wrong. Yeah. Starting from her winning the Royal Rumble. Yeah, was and then and then and then that. yeah, nobody won. wanted that. Nobody wanted her becoming the NXT Women's Champion. Um, then she lost mm. the championship without being pinned, so she put no fucker over. Then she got injured. Yeah. Now she's back and she's taking the titles. Yeah, and I knew she wasn't that. It was, but I. It was kind of one of those situations where I knew she wasn't there with that thought in the back of my head. It wasn't like I'm tuning. Well, I've hardly been tuning to Raw SmackDown at all recently. <laughs> It's just hard to at this point in time. <laughs> yeah. But when I do, I've never gone, watched it or read the results going, oh, hang on, there was no Charlotte. It, it's never been that. It's just kind of like, oh, yeah, that's happened, that's happened. Um, oh, yeah, Charlotte ain't there. She's still on the shelf. Who cares? <laughs> it, it's not, I'm not, that's not being malicious or anything like that. It's just that it's, it, it's showing that you don't have to build your entire company around one person per no. sex. I mean, don't so. me, I miss Becky Lynch. Yeah, but it's working without her. Like Punk said years ago, you just spoke on the wheel. The wheel's going to keep turning. Even when As we had, we... even when Reigns was gone, the wheel kept turning yeah. absolutely fine. And luckily, when he's come back, even though he has been pushed to the top of the car, they've done it in the correct way. So it can be done. Yeah, it's very rare, very very rare that a spoke will come off the wheel and and you know the wheel will fall. Case in point, when uh, Stone Cold, back in the, the height of the era, he had to go away for almost a year for neck surgery. Yeah. The wheel kept on turning without Stone Cold Steve Austin, who arguably is the most popular superstar of all time. If they can keep the, ball, the wheel rolling then, they can do it it's now. always going to roll. Yeah. They don't have the panic of, we need our Charlotte, we need our Roman Reigns. You don't. No. You've got all the other talent there that you can use, and look, it's working. Focus on that. So, so yeah, um, the t- the match was okay. I just think the result probably wasn't the right one. No, yeah, I agree. Um, now, uh, before I get to the Universal Championship, I think this came before the Universal Championship. The advert for Happy New Year. Oh my god! Oh, I was like, my god! Like, why can't you just have Drew to camera, just being honest and humble, and just saying thank you for everybody supporting us, thank you for sticking around, thank you for all the teams that have kept us going, blah blah blah. We know it's been a trying year. Let's move into twenty twenty one and kick this thing into touch, and we'll we'll move forward together. No, yeah. they actually had like twenty twenty was this COVID kind of wrestler thing, and then twenty twenty one comes in and kicks his. Oh my god, it was just cringeworthy. It was. Oh, it was awful. It was so, so bad. That was one of the worst little promo things that WWE have ever put out. When the, the, when the commentators were introducing it up, I was thinking, OK, match finished, and they started babbling about this thing. of like, uh, the superstars also want to wish you a happy new year. It's like, OK, I get it. It's, it's new year. It's been a rough year. Maybe it's just going to be a lot of their Twitter or Instagram videos. Yeah, just nice little videos. heartfelt things to keep you going. Yeah. It started, like, all right, it looks like it's done something different here. That CGI 2020 turned up, I thought, oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah. And the more it went along, it went to just disgust, anger, and at the end of it, I just thought they should be ashamed of themselves. They should be. Who signed that, that off? Who signed it off? I just thought, this is what Vince finds funny. Yeah. 
this shows this this shows how out of touch he is. He finds that stuff funny. But at what point? Never would I have you know be doing this podcast now and at the end of it go. You know what? I really wish they wished me Happy New Year. If they hadn't have done that, though, <laughs> no one would have even, it would have been like that was a solid pay per view. A uh, couple of yeah, bits here and there where it could have been better, but a solid pay per view. Now it's, oh, solid pay per view, easy work every now and then. That commercial was dog shit. Yeah. What the fuck it are was they awful. doing? It's like they so, needed to tell us that 2020 was shit and 2021's going to be better. It's like, we already fucking know that. As like we we've all been a part of it this year. We're fucking aware of it, and there's no guarantee that 2021 is going to be any good anyway. <laughs> no, it, like, where did they think we've been? Yeah, because we can't go anywhere. No, <laughs> like some like some guy in a coma has just woke up and gone. Why are they shitting over 2020? What's going on? That's what's going on. Nothing. We can't do anything. Imagine that guy coming out of the coma, and the first thing he sees in wrestling is that. Yeah, I I might be actually envious of anyone in the coma right now because they're not missing shit. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, anyway, um, following match was the TLC match for the Universal Championship. Yes, and uh, um, again, I was surprised that they didn't put this on last, but then obviously it became obvious later why. Yeah. But yes, I was still I, I, I was still kind of like I, I I forgot about the Bray Orton thing. I generally had forgotten about it. Um, I hadn't forgot about it. It was just one of those things as, you know, the card was going along. You know, I was still kind of thinking, why was the W title first? And I was thinking, okay, I get it's an Inferno match, but they could have thrown Bray Randy here. Then they announced Reigns Kevin was out. And it was thinking, how is a TLC match for the title not headlining? Yeah, that's what I thought. Then the Inferno match happens. Like, okay, I get, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> so you can't follow what they did. Yeah. So, so yeah, the TLC match with Owens and Reigns. Obviously, Jay clearly got involved because, of course, he would. This, mm-hmm. this was freaking awesome. It was good. everything about this was great. Reigns doing his classic heel stuff, even talking to camera, just being brutal at every opportunity that he could. And then really just giving the time for Owens to be pushed as this guy that is literally the little engine that could, like pushing himself, <laughs> honestly, just pushing and pushing to the point where near the end of the match, he's going, you're going to have to kill me. Like, and I, he just kept getting up and kept getting up and kept getting up to the point where even a couple of times I thought so, because he was right at the top, fingertips on the title, I think twice in the match, yeah. like really close. And I was like, what if they did this? Because they built him yes. so well in this match and indeed in the promos building up to it that I thought, what if they did? And what if Jay cost Reigns the title where Reigns yes. just absolutely flips on SmackDown because of what's happened? Because they built Owens in such a way over these past few weeks with this whole Reigns thing that he's credible as a champion again. He really is. Yes. Um, yeah, the, honestly, it was brutal. There was loads of table spots, loads of chair shots. Loads of ladder stuff going on. Jay getting involved constantly. Reigns was brutal. Owens was awesome. I I have nothing bad to say about this match. I'm, you know, Reigns retaining. Obviously, that that's probably the right move overall. I would say because he's he's on yeah. that really good tear, and you don't want to get rid of that too soon because it's still good. But yeah, I think it helped everybody here. It helped Reigns become even more of a heel than he already was, and it helped Owens become legitimate again and. Just this underdog that's just going, I'm just going to fight constantly until I get what I want. But like we said with the first TLC match, got nothing to knock on the first TLC match, but we said it was almost like a generic one, but in a good way. This one was slightly more than generic because it was everything you wanted from a TLC match. It was just carnage to the point when the match was over. The first thing in my head that... or that I just looked at was look at the wreckage that is around yeah, the ring. There right was now. so much shit everywhere. It was there was hardly any canvas left. There was bodies, just wood, chairs, everything. Um, it, it made me start thinking the whole thing with um, they do these kind of long championship reigns with with Roman Reigns and with Drew McIntyre, and that's kind of become the norm to get the championship over. I, I understand that. Yeah. Um, and it makes fans more like, oh, someone take the belt off this guy. We want a new champion. 
But I'm beginning to think now, maybe that time is beginning to pass because, like you say, it's beginning to become very obvious from pay-per-view to pay-per-view of, oh, well, he's going to keep it. He's going to keep it. It's gonna yeah, keep you it. don't want to get that too it. often. Yeah, until you get to like, the big match things. So, like you said, halfway through the, the match, I was thinking, why couldn't Kevin do this? Exactly. Yeah, why, why not, why Kevin? Can... Why not? Yeah, why can't they throw us a curveball and just go, you weren't expecting that? Because, again, in the Drew uh, Broken School Sessions thing, he speaks about Mania 26, and he was in the Money in the Bank ladder match. And he goes, I was meant to actually win, but they changed it at the last second because they went, uh, we think it's too obvious. I was thinking, right, maybe, I can't remember how it was back then, but maybe they were right. But now, if you think that way, if you're that way inclined, surely you've got to be thinking the same thing, that everyone's going to be thinking, oh, it's obvious Roman's going to win. Throw us to shock. Have Kevin do it. So I had the thought come to my head, and I thought, yeah, maybe, but probably not. It wasn't until he got the pop-up powerbomb uh, to Roman through the table yeah. that I thought, this, this is, is it. it. This is the moment. <laughs> um, then I began thinking maybe Jimmy's going to return and it's a full-on Samoan reunion and whatnot. But it, it, it kept you guessing. It kept you on the edge of your seat of like, oh, yeah. I genuinely don't know which way this is going to go. Um, because that's, again, the beauty of the stunner. The stunner can come out of out nowhere and just lay you out. Yeah. And I was thinking, one more stunner from Kevin and he's got this. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. But... Also, something I noticed is at Survivor Series, which I forgot to mention in the podcast, I love that Roman's glove is the gold kind of infinity gauntlet thing. Yeah. I was just thinking, that that's cool. I get what... I'm, I'm 90% sure he's done it as a kind of infinity gauntlet. Yeah, he's basically saying, I'm Thanos, and I'm going to snap you all out of existence because I'm in charge. I'm, I'm the ruler here. The, the whole build-up to this thing of, like, uh, you know, obviously he's calling himself the head of the table, but calling himself the head of Kevin's table as well. Of like, I don't just feed my family; I feed everybody's families here because I'm the man around it. It's like to have the gall to say that, and uh, you know, and I know it's a but he lot backs of it up by Heyman, but it everything worked. Yeah, that, Matt. everything worked. This is what, for the most part, this pay per view really stuck out as a real good one for me because. Uh, probably 80% of the matches, maybe more, I've got hardly any grumbles with them. Yeah. Everything that needed to be done was done correctly, whether it be the wrestling, the storytelling, the character development, it, or, or just going forward with championship. It all worked. So, yeah, um, it's one of those matches that, and, you know, I'd highly recommend people watch back if they haven't watched it. Yes. Because it was just pure carnage. Yeah. And, yeah, uh, and again, like you say, with the whole little engine that could, it, it put... This, ah, right, this is why the pay-per-view worked. Even the people that lost, the majority of them got over by losing that night. Yeah, there was, was no the... one that looked awful apart from Shayna and Nia. They're the only ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah go. so AJ, he lost, and so did The Miz, but it's like, with all the carnage they went through, it was like, okay, through... Kind of did it uh, by the skin of his teeth. Um, Carmella put in a great show in, so it's kind of like, okay, Sasha won, but Carmella's improved a lot here. Uh, her, the, let's say the New Day, the kind of already... They're, they're the kind of uh, that team now that they can do anything and they stay over. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. I, I don't really know what the word I'm looking for here, but that they're just... They're, they're always going to be on top. Consistent. Uh, yes, yeah. And yeah, it was, and it was the same with this. Kevin was kind of like it, those kayfabe fans or non kayfabe fans, whatever you want to call them, they're going to be looking at it like, okay, Kevin lost that night, but he left everything in the ring. Yeah. And you know, kudos to it. So yeah, no one really suffered uh, by losses that night for their character, for their story, or whatever. So yeah, great match. Uh, I think at the end of it, Roman winning is still the right decision. Yeah. But the fact they're making you double-guess yourself with that thing means they're, they're doing some right things. Yeah, they are, because this is the first time since he's had that title and been this heel character where he has been battered this much. He's been In mm. other matches, he's been more or less dominant. 
You know what I mean? For, yeah. for at least 70 to 80% of the match. But with this, Owens took him to town as well. So that, yeah. again, it's good for Owens. And it's also showing there's a slight chink in Roman's armour where if you put enough pressure on him, if you batter him enough, you you could upset it. Yeah, I think as well, um, what helps is when you look at Roman's opponents since the title victory at Payback, you know, his first two pay-per-views were against Jay Uso. Fantastic matches, but there was still that kind of like, never still no Jay's winning the championship. And then at Survivor Series, it was like, okay, Drew's a great person to go against, but number one, there's no championship on the line here. And number two, it logically doesn't make sense for Drew to go over Roman right now. It, it makes more sense for Roman to go over Drew. So Kevin was your first legit, legitimate contender of like, Kevin could kick Roman's ass here. And they they told the story well enough to make you believe it. Yeah. Even if just for a little while. So yes, great storytelling, great match. 100%. Awesome. Uh, so main event, the Firefly Funhouse. No, Firefly Inferno. Inferno, sorry. Firefly Inferno, man. Sorry, getting ahead of myself there. Yeah, this didn't go down the way I thought it would go at all. Um, this, this unfortunately for me, didn't. I know why people are split with this. It didn't work for me, not really. Um, it's a bit of unfortunately considering how consistent the rest of the pay per view was. This was a bit of a, a bit of a letdown for the end. Really, it wasn't. It, they should have switched this out with the Universal title and finished it like that. Um, I, mm. I mean. It's fine having the fire round and everything, and I, I don't know. I just there was nothing that really stood out amazingly to me, other than him trying to set Randy alight with like straps and other bits and bobs and stuff and axe handles and things, and then he suddenly just gets set alight. So that means that the fiend lost, which I don't really agree with at all because you, you, I know it's not as bad as being beaten by Goldberg in the middle of the ring. It's nowhere near as bad as that, but Mm. it's still a little chink in his armor that you're giving it away too soon, especially for someone like Randy Orton that lost constantly to drew for like three pay-per-views in a row and lost to Keith Lee as well. It's kind of like, well, why this then? I I did like the visual of once he was set alight, he got back in the ring while he was still on fire. Oh, that was great. I loved that. And then he, he ate an RKO and then uh, he was obviously he was down after that. And then Randy set him alight and it was quite obvious that it was a dummy. Like they, they cut yeah. away and it was cinematic and everything. And I was just like, well, like you're meant to be for kids as well. You're not doing well, blood and violence, but you're happy for someone to set what you're meant to be presenting as a human alight and burning him to a crisp. You've just let Randy Orton in front of millions of kids murder someone. Now, it's it's a cool visual, but it also doesn't work for us adults either because you look at it and go, well, it's clearly not The Fiend. It's clearly not Bray Wyatt because that's that's generally murder. And two, it's so obvious that it was a, it was a dummy. And I just <laughs> thought that it was a bit of a kind of... A bit of a bum note to go out on as the pay-per-view ended, really, for me. The problem with that kind of thing is, obviously, if it wasn't a dummy, you'd be mortified. No, I know. No, I know. I I get that. But it's just like, just don't do it. (laughs) Yeah, but at the same time, it's it's a difficult thing to to kind of look at from our point of view because they don't do it for the, the fans that know the ins and outs. They do it for the people that... They, they want you to look at it like it's uh, a genuinely real thing. It's, it's the same with that, the Undertaker stuff. The Undertaker never really summoned lightning, <laughs> but but you bought into it. So at the same, I, I get this why people are split with this, because I'll admit, a part of me is still slightly split with it as well. So you know, the match starts the way it does. As soon as Orton came out with that gear on, I thought, well, he's losing yeah, because he's usually in the, the trunks and all that. Yeah. So they swerved me, and I liked that. Um, so, yeah, the match starts the way it does. Obviously, every blow Orton does to Bray, he's just laughing it off. Um, I'll admit that even when he summoned the fire around the Thunderdome, I did think a little bit, 
a little bit taky, a little bit cheesy. I, I don't really know. Yeah, every time they hit like a heavy like move or something like that, the fire went off, and it was just like. Yeah, nah. I did think unless you know when it was around the ring, I understood it. Don't you don't have to do that now? Yeah, <laughs> that's kind of thing. But yeah, then yeah, the straps and the axe handle things were okay, but I could see obviously where the kerosene had been put before they even lit it. So it was like, well. Uh, the rocking chair thing was okay. Yeah, me him diving out of the way at the last minute. That yeah, that was a cool visual. Well, the thing is, a minute before, I saw the rocking chair in the background. So I was like, ah, fuck. Well, no, is that spoiled? <laughs> um, so yeah, the match was okay. Uh, so when the mandible claw happened, I thought, okay, this is where Orton's going to lose. Then he spun it round. I thought, okay, maybe the match will continue a bit. Usually in the the regular Inferno matches. It would be a small part of a, a, a body part that would be sat on fire, like an arm or, or a leg or something like that. When Brace stood there engulfed in flames, I admit, it, it took me back. I'm like, holy shit, they're going for this. Then for him to stay in character and want to keep fighting, I thought, holy fuck, okay. It, it was a cool visual. Ooh, I mean, it was. I, I think what it was, I think it had certain parts on his jacket and his legs that specifically set a light. Because you could see it down the back of his arms and the back of his legs. It was like in a specific spot. So it was timed and worked in such a way. So it wasn't like he was randomly just set a light. It was done specifically. But yeah, I get it. It was, it was a cool visual seeing him still this maniacal, crazy character. Like, I don't care if I'm on fire. I'm going to go for you. Well, I, I think it might have still been brave. Like, number one, I think he kept the jacket on through the match because it wouldn't surprise me if he had fireproof clothing on underneath. Yes. And number two, with the way they've obviously edited the match, because they can, I mean, they're taking advantage of this whole no fans thing, maybe it wasn't the Bray that slid into the ring at RKO'd. It could have been a stuntman that's professionally, you know, trained to be set on fire like a Hollywood stuntman or whatever. So, no, I yeah, don't. I, I, see, I, I don't. I don't think it was because if you look, you can see all of Bray's tattoos. I think yeah, it was Bray. All the notes on the model as well. Yeah, yeah true. So, yeah, but yeah, but this is it. When the RKO happened, uh, I was kind of still waiting for the bell. I thought they might go right, ding, 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 Randy's your winner. Um, and it took me a while to think, right, well, you know, well, Orton was kicking Bray to see if he moves. I was thinking, Bray's just going to pop up in a minute. Then it began to kind of think of like, ah, right, I think I see where they're going to go with this. It's a dummy. I, I just, I think I noticed some kind of weird, um, uh, I don't know how, it, how to say, is it perplexion or something like that? Just something weird with his, his skin on his arm or something. You could just tell so that I, it wasn't a human. Yeah. Yeah, it, and then it became, as soon as I began to kind of look at it, that's when I was like, well, is he breathing? And I didn't see his stomach going up and down, so I was like, it's a dummy. Okay, I'll get it. So I knew where they were going with it. So while he was getting ready with the kerosene can and, and the matches, and the commentators losing their shit, which, fair enough, if they're going to sell it, they would be selling yeah. it like that. I just thought, I really don't know if this is the right move here. And I, that's where I'm split. I still don't know. But that visual alone of his, his mask melting off and a body burning was just haunting. Now, do you know what's happening on Raw? No, I, d I know that Alexa comes back, so that's all I know. I don't know any more than that. It just depends on how they handle it, because technically Andy's got to explain to himself how he's potentially murdered someone. Right. Orton's... I, I didn't see all the promo, but Orton, you know, to cut promo on Raw about The Fiend. Um, and it's an obvious thing of, like, not only is the feud going to eventually continue, but I'm okay with Orton winning this because in the long run, it's going to put The Fiend more over. Because we all know he's going to return. But on the kayfabe page, it's like, you set a man on fire and he burnt to a crisp and he still comes back. This is putting him almost a level over The Undertaker. And they can do that now, now that The Undertaker's retired. Yeah. So, um, also, I don't know if you heard that the USA Network were furious with Vince recently uh, because of the ratings. And one of the main things they said is that we want more adult content. Yes, I've heard this. Yeah. Now, I don't know if they had in mind setting a man on fire, but this is where I'm kind of beginning to go... <laughs> this is the only way I can put it. This is where I'm thinking, fuck the kids. 
right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, if 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 we just soundbite that, that is really bad. <laughs> Is that a context that is? The USA Network are now beginning to go to that thing of like, let's go less with the family-oriented thing. Let's go to more a more mature audience. Okay, what what we should say is what what you should say is like Lesnar says to Heath Slater, "I don't give a shit about your kids." Yeah, that that's kind of pushing the envelope a little. Well, Maybe this this might have been an experiment for we know. Like, let's, yeah, maybe. If they want more adult content, let's see how much we can push the envelope. Let's set a man on fire. <laughs> um, like straight but, to genocide. <laughs> yeah, but to be honest, like I say, even though in my head it's it's really hard to separate my kayfabe fan half of my brain to the half of my brain that knows how the business works. Yeah, it is hard. So, if I was watching it as a, I don't want to say a child, because I will admit, as a child, that would probably terrify me what happened. Mum, someone died. It, if I'm watching it as a fan, and just a fan, that visual alone, I think I'd be like, whoa, that was cool. Mm. So it, it's a really hard one to call. And I think I'm edging slightly more towards that was okay, more than maybe not. Uh, I'm going to see how it goes with Raw. I think. Um, yeah, I think I do genuinely think in the long run this is putting the fiend more over. Again, like the theme of this whole pay per view was, it is putting people over in defeat. Yeah, I'm hoping that's the case. I really do. Yeah. Uh, uh, I personally, I think it, the the segment on Raw was small, but with what Alexa did and said, I'm thinking right. I can't, I can't wait for this to continue. I'm still that's invested. Good. So. But yeah, uh, ratings. Yes. Um, like I said, I think this was definitely one of the better pay-per-views of the year. Um, mm-hmm. Especially when I was going into it, the only one I really cared about was Reigns and Owens. That was the only one I really gave a shit about. The rest of it, I was just kind of, eh, whatever, I'll watch it. Um, but like I say, it, it, it did really, really well. Um, I'm still on the fence about the, the main event, but um, there was obviously a downside with the women's tag match. That was just a bit kind of meh. But everything else was either good or great. And like I say, even in people losing their matches, they still look good. So it wasn't a case of anybody suffered for the matches that they had, no matter what end you were on. Everybody did what they needed to do. Everybody came away looking greater than they did before. Um, So I think... I think I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10. I would have given it an 8 if the tag match was better the women's tag, and then the fiend Orton thing maybe played out a little bit different. But, yeah, if those things hadn't happened, I probably would have given it an 8. But 7 out of 10, I think, is fair. Uh, yeah, I think I'm, I'm going to go with 7.5 because, like we just discussed, I think I'm more... I, I think I'm less on the fence about the Bray thing than you are. And uh, despite the result of the women's tag title match... I thought the match was okay, and I don't want to say I've become used to Charlotte coming, but because... <laughs> that sounds know. wrong as well. That's <laughs> that's another yeah, soundbite. <laughs> okay, used to Charlotte wins long. Don't, don't, don't tell Andrade, he'll be pissed. No, fuck Andrade. <laughs> that's what uh, Vince says, yeah. 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 Fuck uh, him. Yeah, I think because... Um, I wouldn't call it shock, but I was genuinely kind of taken off guard with Charlotte's surprise, uh, surprise return. I was kind of like, oh, okay. Yeah, I think I'm going to give it a seven and a half. I'm okay. doing WWE a favour and ignoring that commercial. Yeah, I'll pret- I'm just yeah. going to pretend that never happened. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. not even taking no, that into consideration. That's... I'm going to put that in the box with Goldberg beating Fiend. Yeah, just, and just, and just lock it tight and drop it at the bottom of the ocean and to make sure no motherfucker ever goes near it again. Yeah, yeah, it- it's one of them, but yeah, uh, very solid pay-per-view to end the year. Yeah, it's yeah, solid to end, which is is good yeah. considering the <laughs> shitty year we've had. Yes, yes. So there you go. Yeah, that's us. That's us. done. <laughs> yes, uh, but we hope everybody has a good Christmas. We'll be back in the new year for. We'll probably do a couple more questions in the new year uh, podcast, and then obviously got Royal Rumble. Yeah, yeah, Rumble's uh, a long way away. Yeah, it's, it's five about weeks. five six weeks at least, I think. Yeah, I think what they're trying to do... It, I was surprised when they saved it literally to the last day of January. Uh, I think they're trying to buy themselves enough time to go, 
well, let's see if we can have at least a few fans in or, or what's going on. I doubt that's going to be the case, but yeah, they're getting desperate now. I think. Yeah, I think like the Rumble is something that needs fans, but if it's not safe, then obviously you can't. Yeah, well, uh, just a bit of a spoiler for you and listeners. Um, the Drew Broken School Sessions thing, I, I think one of Austin's questions was, uh, what, what's your next like aspiration? So what, what's your goal? I don't know. Um, I definitely want a UK pay per view. And I, I don't think I want a proper one, like one of the big four. Uh, I think he goes, I want the Royal Rumble to be in the UK. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, if you get that, I am there. I am there. I, am, yeah. I, I, I will give up my spleen to, to get there. Yeah, because they, it, Drew says, like, oh, they always say the UK fans are so passionate. And they're like, you will have no idea how passionate it will be if <laughs> yeah. we get the Rumble. Yeah. Holy shit. Oh, I mean, I prefer WrestleMania, but I'll take the Royal I'll Rumble. I'll take the Rumble. I'll take it. Yeah. So, yes. So, yeah, so everybody, we hope everybody has a good Christmas and a good New Year. We know it's difficult at the moment and you can't really do much because of all these lockdowns and tier systems and stuff. But stay positive. Just try and get through the festive period as best you can. And we'll see you all in the new year for more wrestling stuff. Yeah, look forward to your new presents. You'll have stuff to do. Yes, and then drinking and eating and shit like that. Just eat yourself into a void. We're all going to be fat after this is over. (laughs) Right. Bye.